Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey guys, Travis here from the show. Please indulge me for about 60 seconds so you can learn a little bit about our Patreon page. Patreon is a website that allows you to support us with tiny donations each month, like you would do with payments with Netflix or Hulu. We put out Washington the Throne for free and dedicate lots of time to it outside of our full-time jobs. So any little bit helps us out. The ultimate goal is to make the show our full-time jobs and really focus on dropping music knowledge on you guys at an annoying rate. Uh, we have plans to establish a Kanye clothing line, obtain people close to Kanye for interviews, and even do more analysis on our website if we have the resources to do so. So if you would like to donate as little as $1 a month, head to patreon.com slash Kanye podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Kanye podcast and sign up. We have goals and rewards set up for everyone who donates, which will be our way of repaying you eventually. Thank you so much and stay wavy. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. Today we are doing a story with Don from Noisy Images. Hey, Don. Hey, how are you doing? Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, could uh, you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about Noisy Images, what goes on there? Yeah, uh, Noisy Images is, you know, I kind of have a hard time like labeling it, uh, <laughs> but uh, the way I'd like to call it, uh, as of recently, it's, it's an online museum curated by me, uh, oh, right now dedicated towards hip hop music. And, you know, there's plenty other things that I'm interested in, but right now, you know, I feel like this is the best way to talk to my followers who I really see as my peers. And I really like it as a, uh, it's really a great conversation tool to kind of congregate around specific um, artists and projects and really tap into those fans, especially in an age of like clickbait and everybody trying to catch up to like what's the hottest thing. It is kind of nice to just sit down and talk to fans of a specific artist or a specific thing so we can actually have a discussion as opposed to like, hey, this is what someone came out with this week and that week. Like we hear that all the time everywhere, everywhere else. So why don't we just kind of like nerd out and geek out online 
and you know have a fun time doing it. So that's kind of really the spirit behind noisy images. It's something that's less about the speed of information and more about the depth of conversation. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like, I mean, a lot of this stuff that I talk about online is stuff that I uh, talked about with my friends. And I know a lot of music fans love talking to other music fans. And sometimes, especially when you like artists as polarizing as Kanye, other people, you may not have a ton of people to talk to about that stuff. So it's, it's fun to be able to go online and be like, wow, there's a whole community of people where I don't have to defend why I like this person. We get to actually sit and talk about, you know, what about this artist resonates with us. And what are some uh, examples of what you produce that are the kinds of conversations that people could expect? Or um... yeah, um, you know, I, I cover. I want to say there's like a handful of artists that I really like to revisit, and and may, most of my content is about Kanye, but uh, Kendrick's <laughs> another one I like to visit. Uh, Frank Ocean's another one uh, that I like to revisit in conversations and. When I've done this, one of my uh, biggest breakthrough videos was this video about uh, the design that goes into Kanye's uh, live shows, and it was called Kanye, the Art of Staging. And that was, uh, I released that around uh, the beginning of the St. Pablo tour. So, you know, concerts and the tour was on everyone's mind. So uh, when that video came out, it really served as like just a great conversation point for everyone to just you know, everyone is, was going off on like how much they loved it. Um, I got, um, you know, I'm not going to say his name because he, uh, he, he told me to keep the conversation private, but someone from Donda reached out to me. Oh shit. And they were like, you know, I love the video, blah, blah, blah. You know, they even gave me some constructive criticism and you know, they, they loved it. Uh, Mike Dean liked it. Um, so this was like this was my first breakthrough video where I was like, oh, okay, like there's an audience, uh, <laughs> and people are people are paying attention. Uh, who's another one who who showed love? I mean, I'm not gonna name their names, but there's a couple people in Kanye's camp that have sh- that have shown love, um, and you know, I hope Ye has seen it. He probably has just because so many people around him seem to have seen it, but. Um, Oh, another fun! Uh, I released a really I uh, released a video on Nicki Minaj, and everyone hated that because apparently everyone who subscribes to me hates Nicki Minaj. <laughs> oh no! Um, but um, I mean, there there was some people who liked it, but I think it's one of my least viewed videos. But uh, uh, but I it, it was on a song that I enjoyed from her, and the funny part was someone took a snippet of it, reposted it on Twitter, and I guess I didn't realize like how deep the Nicki Minaj fan base runs uh online and so i started getting like tweets and messages like from these people and someone was like yo nikki liked your video and i was like what are you talking about and i went to her profile and you know how on twitter you can see what people liked yeah and she liked my video so i was like oh wow like you know like and so but the great but the best part is not so much uh having eyes on it as much as i get a lot of messages from people who are like yo you know i sit down and you know it's quality time with me and my brother or me and my dad or you know uh, it means a lot to a lot of people a lot more than i thought it would and i've just been hearing about you know how much i guess it just serves as like a great kind of escape for people to sit down and just focus on another artist's work i guess uh so yeah i mean that that's that's kind of the long answer but <laughs> you know i think there's 
in the age of the internet, there's just so many ways for us to connect to people, and what better way than through common interest? Yeah, and I think that goes what you're saying, like the response of people saying they like to sit down with uh, a loved one or a friend and get into it. A lot of people just think it's the content that matters, but people still care about conversation. They still want to learn more. It's funny that there's always this talk of like, oh, everybody's like getting dumber. They just want like quick things. Mm-hmm. That's not really, that's such an overreaction. People still oh, want to. Oh, it's not to, true at all. Yeah, talk. They still want to like dig in and go behind the scenes and be part yeah, of something. I, there's a, a woman who's, uh, uh, she's given me a lot of advice. She used to work for YouTube um, and she was talking to me about just kind of that whole concept uh, that you were mentioning about how especially older people, you know, kind of look at this generation and think like, oh, their attention span is so short or like we have to like essentially feed them all this fast food information or else they're not going to, you know, their eyes are going to gloss over. And it's not true. They have a lot of, we have a huge attention span because the problem is, is that we're getting all of this concentrated information at such a fast speed that our minds work faster than they used to. So we process more information. We, we need it concentrated. But a lot of people want to kind of like stretch it out and thin it out, whether it be for like, I don't know, they want to make, you know, they want to stretch their content out. But at this point, it's like, no, like give us the meat now. <laughs> yeah, everything moves too fast. Like right. get to the heart of the point right now. If you're kind of dilly-dallying around like how you get to that point or beating around the bush, I don't have time. I'm closing the video. I'm, you know, shutting off the podcast or whatever because I have a life. (laughs) We have a lot of choices to make in a day of what we're going to spend our time doing. Not Exactly. And these people forget. Like they make it seem like we just sit and watch YouTube all day. Like, no, like, you know, we have loved ones, we have families, we have like, so when I sit down and I finally have time out of my stressful day for 10 minutes, I want to make sure it's 10 minutes of quality. Yep. You know, so, and I'm sure you understand that, you know, in making a podcast. I mean, sometimes if you listen to the intro of some of our episodes, we'll have like 15 minutes where it's like, we talked about Patrick Swayze and WWE. Where's the, where's the Kanye? You know. It's but it's like you know it's like it's like interpersonal relationships to an extent. You know what people really care about? They care about quality time. Mm-hmm. You know they they That's care right. about feeling. You know they care about sitting and being like you know I feel like I really connected with this person. We may not even you know like for now like in this interview like hopefully we do, but we may not you know be able to uh, have other people look and be like oh yeah they talked about this specific thing and only this like but right now we're it's quality time. You know, it's quality, it's quality time of, of really getting to know where each other comes from. And that's really what it's about. Like trying to understand the next man. Yep. That's very well put. And that understanding, I think that's really what life is, right? Like understanding the world around you and feeling like you have a grip on the world around you in some capacity Mm -hmm. and, uh, having those kind of anchors is really nice, especially when you have like content creators that you're able to go back to and know that the time that you're spending like it makes you feel i don't know good about how you're spending time rather than not yeah i mean we you know we only have so much time in our lives and we want to redeem our time you know and so when we sit and we want to listen to someone that we trust because that's the other thing about the internet 
we're developing trust with our listeners, with our followers. Um, and we have to do right, you know, by that trust every time we sit down and want to talk to them about something because we're on borrowed time. And if someone's listening to something they want to hear, you know, they want to feel that you're giving 110% in the conversation as much as they're giving 110% in their attention. This seems like a, a perfect segue into the idea of Kanye West and Kanye's music. Yes. Um, in, in needing, not needing, but wanting to have that connection uh, with content creators, with artists, what was it about Kanye that uh, converted you into a fan and gave you that sense of connection? Um, you know, it's funny because I keep thinking I have a, di there's always a different story in my head every time someone asks me because it was so long ago. Uh, I think I was like, let me see, I'm 27 now. Oh, I'm going to be 27, uh, in a couple months. I was like eight, almost 19. No, I think I was barely 18 when I became a Kanye fan. So I was technically late to the train. Uh, but I have a friend, shout out to uh, my friend Wes Pendleton. He actually has a, a brand uh, called Pixels and Pads. You can go see that at pixelsandpads.com. He also has a podcast also called Pixels and Pads. But he uh, at the he's a great, great producer, and he does a whole lot more than that. If you go to his website and, and seek out his stuff, you'll, you'll see that he's very multi-faceted, uh, multi-talented. But he uh, was primarily known to me as a producer and he was awesome at beats he could make like the most like boom bap like underground sounding stuff to like stuff that sounded really modern and you know progressive uh but you know he kind of kept things on the down low and i think he likes it that way uh but he i remember i was on this hate like i was one of those kids right where like it's just like whatever the hive mind was saying I was going along with because I assumed like, oh, if a bunch of kids say it, they must be right because middle schoolers <laughs> and high school because high schoolers aren't stupid, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, but, I, you know, I was kind of on this. I didn't think Kanye was good. And, I, and to be fair, I think uh, this was around the time 808s was out. So and, and 808s was like really fresh on everyone's mind in the sense of like it didn't just come out, but like the Kanye that we knew around that time, we're dealing with uh, good life and mm -hmm. we're dealing, you know, and then we're also dealing with um, love lockdown, you know, uh, and so that was harder for me to listen to. I could see the creativeness in it, but I was just like, I don't I don't see it. And also because I wasn't looking at this grand discography so i told him i was like yo like i don't think kanye is that great and then he kind of and he kind of like and you know this is all through like <laughs> this is all through like instant messaging and even through the instant message you can tell that he like gave me the death stare and was <laughs> like no he does not suck at all and so then he just started putting me on to he he started with putting me onto his production mm. and so um, Commons, B, and Finding Forever were what made me a Kanye fan. Oh um, shit! <laughs> those, those, those beats, those, the soulfulness in the beats, like all of that was just like. And, and when people were like, "No, no," like he, yeah, he sits, you know, in in the studio and he's straight up making these beats from scratch. You know, at the time, 
that just really blew my mind. I knew people did that, but at the same time, you know what I mean? Not at the level he was doing it on a mainstream level. You know, I, I was really into a lot of independent music and yeah, you would hear that with underground artists that, you know, could never make hit albums, but like to see that level of dedication and that just rawness, but how that rawness, you know, the sampling, the chopping, how that turned into like such lush, beautiful music blew my mind. Um, and so then onto that, I ended up getting into the albums. I think the first, the first album I got into was graduation. That was, that was the first Kanye album I listened to front to back. I remember that. <laughs> and at that point, being a fan of the production, you must have re-entered that album and heard Good Life in such like a, a new way and gotten into just... the Yeah, you know, the, the song that really got me on that album, G- Good Morning, is uh, such a great start to that album. Mm. And it was like still in those sensibilities, you know, it had that hard hip-hop beat um but then you got the elton john sample you know it was back to the like you said you know i was already knew him as like this creator of worlds through sound so then when (laughs) you know so then when graduation came around like i was like you said i was already appreciating uh the musical side of it uh and it was hard you know at that point you're kind of a fan you're you're stuck you're a fan for life you know like you can't you can't really go back after that one no it would be different if like his next albums came out and they all just sounded the same and you're like okay like he's a a one-trick pony but it's like each creator of worlds is probably going to be the name of a video you should make um right exactly yeah (laughs) but it's like yeah each album really is this like soundscape that's entirely different like you play somebody college dropout, no lyrics, just music. And then you play somebody the life of Pablo and you're like, Hey, do you think this is the same person? Oh, of course not. Like, yeah. It's amazing. It really is amazing. And it, and so, yeah, as a kid, you know, sitting down and, you know, I remember I wanted to make, actually I make a lot of the beats in behind, uh, in the background of my videos. Um, I was going to ask with your interest in production and that being something that got you into it, you obviously had a a relationship with creating music at that point in your life. Uh, in in a very terrible way. Like I was (laughs) so bad. Um, now I would say I'm decent, uh, but I would not yet. I would not, I, I think I will become a great, uh, music producer because, because I put the time in it. That's the thing. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid to put the work in. But I started when like I said, I started when I was 18. I'm almost 10 years later. And it when it's not your main thing, it takes time. Uh, But let me see. I was I was 18. I had a garage band. um, And my friend who was uh, my friend, Wes, who was great at making beats, he would show me these amazing beats. And we're talking about like he's made Kanye level beats like easily. And um, he'd show me these beats. I'm like, whoa, like, what did you make this in? And he's like, GarageBand. And I'm like, no way. And he's like, yeah. And, and th- mind you, he's not a young guy. He's, he's, he's significantly older than I am. So he, like, he's a professional using GarageBand. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So then I, I got into GarageBand and I found out how you could sample, like if you just cut pieces of the song and like assigned it to the keyboard. Um, and I made the worst 
worst beats ever. Like they were, I, I honestly, I can't even, you list, you go back and you listen and you're just like, what? You know, like, <laughs> and, and I would show him my stuff and he'd be like, oh, that's terrible. Like he would, <laughs> he would not, he would not lie to me. And I appreciated it because I remember one point he literally told me to like, essentially kind of stop doing it because I was so consistently bad. And, and now I was like, oh, well, now I'm going to do it all the time. And, you know, when Kanye talks about, you know, what you know, uh, making five beats a day for three summers, uh, I, I feel that. I didn't make five beats a day, but, you know, it was during uh, a time in my life where my health was kind of in a funny place. So the, the I mean, I, and I'm good now, but at the time my health was in a weird place. And so summers, uh, I kind of wouldn't leave my room. Mm. And, uh, no, I wouldn't, not kind of, I literally wouldn't leave <laughs> my room. I, I became like this hermit in my parents' house. Uh, and cause of what I was going through at the time they understood. So all I had was this old keyboard that I had all my life growing up. I found out I had, you know, some MIDI outputs. I plugged that into my, into my MacBook and I just made beats and I made beats every day. And it was, it was my escape. It was, you know, and I was like, man, if I, if I could, if I can make a beat like Kanye one day, like this would be <laughs> worth it. And, <clears throat> and so, yeah, that would, that would, that would, so I, I, I totally feel that line. You know, I was just like, that's all I was doing. It was the only thing that made sense at the time. So, you know, I, I produce now, I, I do it now in logic, um, which is, which is a great program. And, um, I've gotten significantly better at sampling. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I almost I don't I I don't even go back to like listen to it was so bad you know like you don't you don't even want to look yourself in the mirror sometimes. Uh, but you know it's he's great he he's he is the best uh, when it comes to that and so it's hard it, it, I mean it's it's easy for to listen to that and just be constantly impressed and that was the thing album after album I was so late to college dropout. Like words, like honestly, I should I I should still be slapped today for how long <laughs> it took me to. I'm not even gonna say how long it took because it's embarrassing. Yeah, but I'm very much in the same boat. I think up until like 2014, I was still saying like I'm a like 808s on like not really into college dropout, late registration, graduation, and. Then I started listening again. I was just like, what the fuck was I talking about? Exactly. Exactly. And, and well, not only that, I was listening to it and I was like, how did I miss this? Outside of Jesus Walks and All Falls Down, uh, I didn't know a single track on College Dropout. Oh, so you're hearing like Spaceship for the first time. You're hearing oh, like yeah, Slow I'm Jams. Hearing, we Don't Care. Blew my, it still blows my mind. Yeah. When I heard that that was the when that was the first track of the album, I was like, "That's when it really hit me." I was like, "He is truly a genius," because I'm like, "He started this good," yeah, you know, and and that's the crazy that's the crazy part to me. Uh, in my opinion, it's a controversial opinion. I actually, uh, I, I continue to like rate the albums like on it's on a rolling. Uh, it's on a rotation, should, should I say? Uh, and currently, I think College Dropout is in my lowest rated uh, Kanye album, which is still saying a lot because I think it's a beautiful, genius piece of work. 
Yeah, we're uh, very much in the same boat with how we tend to rank the albums. Uh-huh. Uh, that it ends up being for us usually like a toss-up between Pablo and Yeezus, then into My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Graduation 808s end up like alternating a lot, then Late Registration. Then So it's almost reverse order of the album release. Oh, yeah, exactly. I used to have Late Registration um, as the lowest, and then I slapped myself uh, over and over again until I got it right. Uh, <laughs> You know, and that's the funny thing is is I'm a very dedicated Kanye listener. When Jesus came out, oh, man. Oh, I hated that shit. It was so... <laughs> I hate... I loathed that album. And New Slaves was dope. Everybody said New Slaves was dope when it came out. Um, I don't really know what I was expecting. But the potency of New Slaves, I was hoping to feel that feeling on every song. And so when I didn't feel that feeling, I was just like, okay, this isn't delivering, you know, then you hear like the weird intro to on site. And then, you know, you're dealing with the Kanye screaming and blacks. It it can get really overwhelming really quickly. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, you know, and at the time, and I understand when people are talking about, they miss the old Kanye is that the music just was definitely more accessible and it was smooth. You know, it just, everything kind of just felt like you were just going with the flow. And, you know, Jesus is something that, like, anytime you feel like you're in the flow, it switches up on you and, like, you just get shocked every time. And so, in the way I was listening to music at the time, I just didn't understand that. I was just like, why Why would you do that? Like, why can't you, <laughs> you know, like, why can't you just, like, listen to the same thing for, like, give me two minutes? Like, can I listen to this Frank Ocean interlude for, like, a minute? or two, like, before you got to, like, smash into the next song. Um, and then I remember I was uh, I was overseas with a friend. It was actually the end of a work trip, and I'm on this train to Berlin. Uh, and it was a four-hour train ride, and I believe it did not have service. And I had a few albums downloaded on my phone, and I was trying to get myself back into Yeezus because I knew I was missing something. I didn't know what I was missing. But I was like, you guys are crazy. Like, this isn't good. This isn't the future, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I got four hours. And I don't really want to listen to anything else. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want to do anything else. Uh, I even remember that was like, at the time, uh, I'm married now, but at the time, I was single. And I remember we were talking to this really cute Irish girl uh, on the way there. And at the time, I was just like, Nah, I just need to listen to my Yeezus. <laughs> so, <I'm, laughs> you know, so, so I, I put, uh, you know, I put them on, and I fell asleep. I fell asleep to Yeezus, and uh, I, the lullaby that is Yeezus. <laughs> and I woke up to Yeezus, and at that point, it was in my head, and I, it just started rolling around, um, and marinating. Uh, and I think at that point it kind of had a hold on me and I was like, okay, I can, I can appreciate this for what it is. I had also recent that, that Zane Lowe interview really helped put a lot of perspective too. Mm. uh, you know, in his artistic, uh, and, and I don't, 
honestly, I think for music listeners, I don't think that they should be going into music and thinking things like, oh, like this is what the artist intended. So that's the way I'm going to listen to it. Like, I don't think that's fair to you as a listener. Um, I think you should just kind of go in and then like learning what the intention was is kind of like the cherry on top. But for some reason, though, I think that helped take away some inhibitions you know, when he explained what, it, what his intentions were for the album. So, and he was talking about, you know, fr- he wants the sounds of frustration and he wants this emotional connection that I didn't have with it at first. And I remember one night, finally, I'm back from Berlin and all this stuff. And it just was a normal night. And, you know, I'm like, what's some good nighttime driving music? It's usually Drake. But <laughs> but then I was like, uh, I'm going to listen to something else. And, and Hold My Liquor comes on in my rotation um, and that was it. Like hold my liquor blew me away. I had heard it before a few times, a handful of times, but for some reason I had the volume, right? The atmosphere was right. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. I get that. And I was in it, you know? And then I, I think I, I finished that album and it was like, okay, got to start it over. <laughs> I think, uh, if, anybody listening has never driven at night with the windows down to hold my liquor, that's something oh, that they should out. do. Yeah, immediately. Oh, yeah, you should like, I mean, for anyone who, you know, like it's not nighttime, like just like honestly block it out in your schedule. Even if you have nowhere to go, like drive around the block <laughs> and listen to Hold My Liquor. It's uh, I'm a major driving. Most of the music I listen to is when I'm driving. Mm. Um, that's always that's kind of in some ways it's almost my uh, listening experience of choice. Um, but I'm also the really obnoxious guy who like drives down the street with like the speaker sounding like they're about to explode. Yes. Uh, I've been, I've been that kid my whole life and I will not stop. I do not apologize to all the Beverly Hills residents. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you know, it's, it's like, it's not, it's not past midnight, you know, it's the middle of the day. I'm going to blast my Kanye. Um, fuck yeah. That's the way it should be. Oh, of course. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a great album. I love Jesus. Yes. Yes. Oh, it always makes me happy to hear. There was just a, before I, before uh, I called you on Skype, I saw a Reddit post that was somebody on R. Kanye saying, could somebody please explain Jesus to me? And I was like, I'm going to do this interview, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to have a conversation. Oh, yeah, man. It, it, it's, it's great. You know, and, and I, that's what I love, though. That's what I'm saying, that there's always someone who's like, explain it to me, please. And that's why like, I love what I do, and I'm sure that's why you love what you do, because you can be that person. Yeah. You know? uh, and it's, you know, <clears throat> it's not useless information, but I just have a ton, a ton of Kanye trivia rolling around in my head. Uh, and I had, you know, what really started this Noisy Images thing was me and my friends. Um, the, in uh sorry i totally blinked out i used to work at an agency uh in beverly hills i will not say the name um (laughs) but uh, i worked as a video editor there um and i met other friends in that uh creative uh department and we would just talk kanye all the time and we still talk kanye every day uh and it kind of turned into you know our convos were sort of kind of like those you know, hot take podcast episodes or an episode of everyday struggle or something. (laughs) Uh, But that's just the way our conversations are. And so I kind of, you know, would get 
amped up and like, man, I want to like share like these convos with other people. So I was like, I could start those convos online um, and, and, you know, meet the fans where they're at because I don't know how, I mean, you have a podcast, so it's probably different, but like, I don't have a ton of Kanye fan friends. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very common. He's as, as as mainstream of an, of an artist he is, he still falls into the more obscure in the mainstream catalog. If you like really like think about it, because how many people are really listening to Kanye's music versus paying attention to what he's saying in the media? You know what Taylor Swift, what's going on with Taylor Swift, what's going on with Kim, blah blah blah. Everyone knows Kanye, everyone sees Kanye, but how many people are really sitting down and appreciating Kanye as an artist compared to the people who just know about him? Yeah, I think there's a pretty much a huge discrepancy there. It's not like you know Brad Pitt, where most people that know about Brad Pitt have seen a Brad Pitt movie. I mean, exactly. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have heard a Kanye song, but for most yeah, of them, everybody's heard stronger. Everybody's heard, you know, those songs. Yeah. It's probably been, I mean, close to with how little people listen to radio these days and probably how little some people listen to like any form of public music in their lives, uh, in a lot of like middle America, where it's just like they have their own music that they're listening to. They're not going out to concerts or public events or clubs. Exactly. Like, I mean, it could be a decade since they've heard a Kanye song. Well, not only that, but it's a lot of what we're talking about when we try to defend Kanye or we try, I don't even want to say defend. It's not like the, we're not like jumping in front of a bullet for this dude. We're just trying to explain what we like about the music. Uh, we, you know, when we're talking about what makes why we like it a lot of times we start uh referencing you know these deep album cuts that no that really no uh average casual top 40 music listener has ever heard right you know like how many people have heard crack music you know or how many people have heard like all these great songs that you know, we talk about as being like, this is why he's a genius or this is why this. And it's like, yeah, I never heard it. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. He called himself a god. Like, yeah, he called himself, yeah, he called himself a god. He called himself a genius. Where's the genius at? Show me the genius. I don't see it. And that's just because of the way the media works, you know, and it's just Kanye made a dope album cut is no way as interesting to people as any sort of celebrity gossip that comes out. And like at the same time, I wouldn't expect it otherwise, but it's just, it's hard because sometimes you fan out and you become so much like a, uh, we geek out so much about what we're talking about that we forget. Like, yeah, we know all these songs, but then we like turn to somebody and it's all Greek to them, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it, it, it's kind of funny, but, Man, it's just he's just got so many good songs that once you start showing people though, it's it's not hard for them to like at least understand what you're talking about. They're like, oh, this guy made this, this guy exactly. made this, and you're like, yeah. Did you also know that he used to win art awards all the time? It was well, in yeah. like fine art yeah. school for painting and like blah blah blah. And like Kanye, exactly. You know, and it, it's he loves celebrity though. You know, as much as he wants to talk about, it, he doesn't. He totally does, uh, and. And so I think in some ways, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's just funny how, how the culture works, you know. 
it's he's relevant kind of in all sides, you know, in the celebrity world and the music world and the fashion world, etc. Um, and some some areas just have larger audiences and the music is not the largest one. No, which is crazy. Yeah, but this at the same time, it's just it's how people work, you know. Yeah, I, it always strikes me as such like a we're dealing with the short term, and it's like the music is the music, the fashion, like all of that's what's going to be long term. Um, oh yeah, like just wait. Yeah, a hundred years from now, people aren't going to be talking like Kanye called himself a god once. What a dick! Or like I didn't like that speech he gave. People are going to be no. talking about like the legend that was Kanye West who made all this music that's classic and John, John John Lennon said they were bigger than Jesus you know and at the time you know even now people would be like what are you talking about but at the time they said that that was incredibly offensive to them you know to <laughs> most of America yeah um you know he died over it yeah you know like Sadly, like it was not worth dying over, but like that's how much he, how offensive he was. But pe- people don't remember John Legend, uh, John Lennon for that. I almost said John Legend. He's not dead. <laughs> don't die. Don't die. Um, we need you on another. On no, no, I'm not even. That's bad taste. Never mind. Um, but yeah, you know, people don't remember John Lennon for that. Nope. They remember the Beatles, like the music. That's uh, even you know when- they. They did my homie Michael, you know, Michael Jackson died. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. There's no way. There's no way he did anything wrong. As a matter of fact, yeah, he was found not guilty. Let's play the music all over the radio now. You know, and it it was like, wait, you guys weren't playing the radio when he was playing him on the radio when he was alive in like the last 10 years of his life. Then he dies. Oh, now Billie Jean's all the time, you know, on rotation and stuff. And that really shows a lot how much these people kind of control the public perception of these artists. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of gatekeepers in the world that we don't really think about how they affect legacy, how they affect like perception. Yeah, and not not for long anymore though. Not with the internet. That's what makes it such a great and powerful and scary thing for those people. Oh, absolutely, I agree. Fucking internet, man! It's awesome. (laughs) So it's beautiful. It's beautiful (laughs) and ugly at the same time. Yeah. Well, yeah, with most of your content being on YouTube, you, you get to see a lot of the uh, the legendary YouTube comments, I'm sure. Let me tell you, man, some of those I delete. Like, you don't have to have that negativity on your wall. <laughs> you know, like, people act like they can't delete stuff. And it's like, someone was like, I think someone was like, oh, I bet this dude would go gay, gay for Kanye at any moment. And I was like, first of all, I'm not gay, but what if I was? Yeah. So that's a that's offensive. Uh, second of all, why does that what like what is this comment and why is it here? I just delete it. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's just like unhelpful. It's not contributing to anybody's conversation. Now, of course, at one point I won't be able to do that anymore because you know it's gonna the the comment section just keeps getting bigger. But uh, <laughs> it's just you know I want my platform you know for people to have fun and talk talk about music. So if someone's not contributing to that, like you're out of here. Like that's not that's not for my channel. Right. There's a way to have like counterpoints and like criticisms of something that isn't just that. <laughs> like 
Yeah. The upvote system, I'm not going to lie, that, that's that been a great thing for YouTube. Uh, you know, they're really late on that train, but the upvotes do keep the crazy comments from being at the top. <laughs> right, because people can just be like, that's offensive, down. Down, down, yeah. down, down, down. Oh, yeah, like, it's amazing the things. Like, I understand, like, it just takes... I sit down and I think about what I type and I know a lot of people, there's a lot of kids out there that don't, but like, it's like, wow, the effort that you went to type that in, to speak it into the wind. Like I may never read that. (laughs) It's just like this energy can be used to do something else. Like you could have wrote like a sentence of inspiration, but you use that sentence to like tear down a person you've never met and who's probably never even heard like your, whatever you just sent out. Yeah, it's a. Uh, but I digress. Is, what's the famous Shakespeare? Uh, the sound and the fury, like in idiot, like representing nothing, or. Um. No, actually, I've never heard that quote. Uh, but I should know this. But you know, it, it's also kind of uh, what? What is the other one? Where it's like two. You know, two fools. You know, like no, they don't. None of them is going to come out looking smart. You know, and so that's and that's the same thing I do, even though with these Kanye conversations, like there are people out there who are just going to hate no matter what. And you got to know when to pick your battles, you know, like it's not, you know, just enjoy, enjoy the music. Like, don't try to come out here being a Kanye evangelist. I'm not here. Like, I'm here just trying to be like, yo, you're a fan. I'm a fan. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a that's a long rabbit trail. I can go on forever about, you know, how people's perceptions uh, of stuff really affect how much we get to have fun. (laughs) You know, like we're just, we're on the internet. People feed us. We get stranger things. We get, you know, we get, uh, (laughs) we get game of Thrones. We get Kanye albums. We get all this stuff. And then we just still want to sit and hate. And it's like, bro, like, like life, first of all, life outside of this stuff is amazing. And then like, this life is like this internet, like celebrity, whatever you call that stuff is literally tailor made for you. They are literally sending things your way for you to just zonk out and entertain yourself. And we still got to hate. Yeah. It's kind of a, an amazing time to be alive and instead of appreciating the things that are out there. So oh no, anger. exactly. So I mean, anger. I st- so much anger. I still remember when I was like dial up, you know how hard it was to like download like a two minute video, <laughs> bro. I remember, I remember p- setting one of those things up and going outside to play because I knew it was gonna take like two hours. Oh, and it did take two hours, and it was only halfway buffered. Yeah. You know, and now and now we're here. We you know we get four K video stream. I don't even know how people are making four K videos for YouTube. Everyone's watching on their phones. Yeah, it's insane. Like, I was watching the Indians game last night on my phone, and oh, I'm, just, I'm looking at the picture quality, and I'm just thinking, like, it looks like I'm looking into a different world. That's how crystal clear and full of detail everything is, that this isn't, like, a video, but a window. Man, that's scary. Yeah, that, uh... They're it's, streaming it's all, guys. We're like, we're probably living in Westworld or something. <laughs> like, it's probably a thing. I should, uh, I should <laughs> indulge in these violent delights. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Very much, very much so. Um, um but you, you know, and it's funny because that's, uh, you know, when you sit 
and, and watch these Kanye interviews, like there'll be like a line here or there where like he says something like that, and it's like, you know, he what is it? he makes like quite a few references to the Matrix and stuff, and it's just it's kind of always funny to listen to because he'll go from like just talking about art and content to all of a sudden like they're controlling all of us, <laughs> you know, and and it's always it's always really fun to listen to. You're just like. God, I need to get on Kanye's level. I know. Sometimes I'm like that, and other times I'm like, "Oh no, that reminds me too much of myself. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step back a little bit." <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of Kanye's interviews, Kanye's uh, talks. What's your favorite Kanye moments? And we talked about what you like about his music and uh, production, but Kanye in the world. All right, my number one favorite Kanye moment. Um, no, I'm not going to start with number one. That's not fun. Um, <laughs> okay, so going backwards, I'm not going to say how many I'm going to list because I'm only going to say what I remember. So uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people is a great moment. Mm. That's a great moment that, uh, you know, and in hindsight, you know, if you Google it now, it's seen as a positive. Um, and, that was, you know, it's a really brave moment. Uh, for someone at that level to be on national television standing next to Mike Myers, it takes a lot of courage to say something next to Mike Myers. And no, but, <laughs> but I, it, you know, that's not something that people at that level typically want to do. Right. They typically do what they're brought on for, follow whatever order and keep a lot of that private thought to themselves. Yeah, the average, you know, the average artist, and I don't blame them for it. They, you know, they're usually just like, you know what? I like making my music. Uh, if I have a problem, I'm going to go in the studio and I'm going to write about it. Kanye does that too, but then he's also like, yo, I'm here. Um, <laughs> you guys suck. Uh, and you suck at your jobs. And it's it's brave, but at the same time, it's just like he's just saying what everyone else is thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, so in some ways it's we're we're the cowardly ones. And sometimes it's not so much that he's like this white knight, like, no, it's not like that. It's just like sometimes people out there say things that we should have been saying. And at a certain point, it's like that. It's like that Tupac interview, you know, where he's like, you know, um, you know, you start out saying like, "We are hungry, please let us in." We are hungry, please let us in. And he says, "Before you know it, that graduates to like, I'm picking the lock and I'm coming in blasting." You know, it. <laughs> it you know, Kanye's outbursts kind of sound like that to me. Like they sound like things that people have been thinking, people have been wanting to talk about, and no one's talking about it. And so then he comes out, and it's word vomit. Sometimes it's, and a lot of times it's brilliant. But it's like so much passion and so much energy that people freak out. Um, but it, at the same time, he's talking about stuff that we've been holding in for a while. Yeah, he's uh, he's usually on the zeitgeist. Yeah, or ahead of it. Yes. You know? <laughs> um, and so that was a great moment. Uh, I think another great moment, the Taylor Swift moment. That That's an amazing moment. That is so great. I fell in love. Uh, that was... Uh, <laughs> That was the thing that like got to me. I was just like, this guy did this. Like, I already liked the George Bush thing, but then when the Taylor Swift happened, thing happened, I was just like, this is incredible. You know, and in some ways, it's like, was it rude? Yeah, it was terribly rude. Was it mean? I don't think it was mean. 
I think I don't even think he was thinking about Taylor. He was thinking about Beyonce. And yeah. he was thinking about the fact that Beyonce didn't win. He's so in his own head. He's not realizing that he just trampled Taylor. You know, but then he like was it like next day he's on TV and he, you know, he he admits to what he did and that it was wrong and all this stuff. But, you know, the media was like, that's not fun. Like <laughs> Like, no, you can't apologize. Like, that's not fun. We're supposed to, like, you know, keep making articles about this. So they just kept making articles about it. Um, but that's a great moment. Um, oh, Good Fridays. Oh, yeah. The Good Friday releases were a blast. Oh. Good Fridays were amazing. Uh you know, so funny, I, I went in hindsight because I remember at the time I was like, yeah, I didn't like, though, that um, I didn't like that Kanye dropped, you know, so much of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy before it came out. And then I looked back and I was like, not that many tracks from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out. No. What? Monster? Think, Monster. Um, that was the power was already a single. Yeah. Um, so we got the power remix, which isn't on the album. Um, then we got, uh, we got devil in a new dress without Rick Ross. So that doesn't even count. <laughs> um, we got so um, appalled. Like what, what, what else did we get? We did get so appalled, but wasn't it like a cut down version too of that? Yeah. I don't or was it the full thing? Cause I, it might've been the full thing, but still like, okay, so we're down to like, you know, two full songs and half a song. Yep. You know, so I'm looking back and I'm like, okay, no, Good Fridays were amazing. They didn't even, he didn't, he didn't overserve us. As a matter of fact, I think he underserved us. I, just, I want more. <laughs> Imagine if they had never stopped. If like, oh, for we would hate seven it. years. We wouldn't hate it actually because the music lovers, I, I don't believe he would release trash, but like, we wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's like that. It's that. What's the Eminem says in the Eminem show? He's like, he says, you're not even impressed no more. You're used to it. <laughs> you know, and so Kanye doesn't let us to get he doesn't let us get used to it. He gives us what we need. It may not be what we want. Yeah. You know, sometimes and sometimes you might hate it for two years. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah. Those, uh, anything else? Are those your big three? Oh, no. Number one, uh, number one Kanye moment. Uh, I went to go see him perform 808s at Hollywood Bowl. Ah, oh, fuck. You got to go to that? Oh, man. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I almost didn't go because I didn't like 808s that much. You son of a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I was like, man, I don't want to go. And then, like, I was having. <laughs> I was having girl problems at the time. Um, not, not at all. My, my, this has nothing to do with my wife. My life has been amazing since I met my wife. But prior to that, um, <laughs> I had, uh, you know, I had some typical highs and lows. Yeah. Typical highs and lows. And, you know, I had this thing with this girl that was not working out and, you know, it kind of just was like one down next, you know, it, 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 it wasn't enough to like be heartbroken, but it was enough to be bummed. And so I was listening to 808s, uh, that day. Like I just, I was kind of in the mood cause it was all the hype coming around, you know, the fact that he was performing at the Hollywood bowl and all that stuff. So, and I had heard, you know, I had, I had heard the album in full, 
But uh, I start listening to it, and because I'm in such a bummed mood, like it just it it connected more than it did before. But like I still had songs that I loved off of that. Amazing, I loved uh, uh, Welcome to Heartbreak. Uh, that was actually the one that really like felt like a shining highlight for me, even though I didn't like the rest of the album as a whole as much. But after that kind of bummer moment, I understood like the spirit of the album because I felt it, you know, yeah. and I and I felt him really speaking to those uh, those like sadder thoughts, you know. And so um, then I was like, I have to go. <laughs> didn't even didn't even cost that much. Honestly, the tickets, I think, were sixty dollars each. Yeah, that's uh, and and I went and at the end uh, he performs Pinocchio's story, but then he goes on this amazing freestyle that honestly I like way I prefer it way more to the original Pinocchio story. It's ten times better in my opinion. And he starts he comes out dressed in this full body like suit like he looks like he came out of a mental institution face covered everything and he looks like he's covered in burlap like he's a like a tiki doll or something <laughs> he com- he comes out moving like a like really robotic so he's like he is he has turned into pinocchio and he starts walking around like he's being like controlled by strings and he starts uh just playing regular Pinocchio story. Then when it comes time where, you know, we're always expecting a breakdown, a little bit of a rant or something, he just goes off and he starts talking about, uh, how the system, you know, doesn't want you to, uh, you know, doesn't want black people to express themselves, starts talking about, um, you know, how, how they will treat, how they treat black people in the media. Like they treated Emmett Till, uh, he starts talking about um, how my favorite line, my favorite line in it is he says, they told me I would never work in this town again, I, you know, referencing the Taylor Swift moment. Um, and then he, he said, but here I am at the Hollywood Bowl, two nights sold out. <laughs> and man, it was a moment like and it was just like, this is beautiful. It's not it didn't release as a single you know, it didn't go viral. It didn't anything. It was like a nice, quiet moment for the fans. And honestly, is the great. It's the greatest Kanye. Any like, honestly, yeah, that is the best Kanye moment in my opinion. And I'm glad I got to see it in person. It's something so. I don't think over the top is the right word, but it's something very dramatic. And it's like he's given thoughts to and puts this effort in to put himself in this suit to fully uh, create the image and feeling that he wants the audience to have, even though it's not his largest concert ever. It's not the concert that he's doing around the tour. It's two nights in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, And most people may never see it. And yet he still puts that thought and that effort into it. Man, he honestly, I don't think a lot of people were expecting him to go full Kanye. Uh, at the Hollywood Bowl, you know, I think we were people were thinking like, oh, he's probably going to perform. And there's like a screen, you know, and it's just like 
it's a vibe, you know. Yeah. But like, no, you show up and he's got like these three staircases leading up to this giant orb, and he has like armies of like people, you know, dress up in like biblical time looking clothes, and he's got like his main model girl. I keep forgetting her name, the one who's like always at the Yeezy season shows. Oh yeah. Um, Whose heel it, broke at the New York Park one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, you know, she was like dressed and she she was like, she looked like she was naked. I'm sure she wasn't though, but like covered in gold, like looking like the woman from Goldfinger. <laughs> and it was just great. Oh man, it was it was so great. Um, and I and I hats off to him. I, honestly, as a creative, I saw that, and I was mad at myself, and I was just like. You know, at the time I was had had a pretty decent um, job uh, d- being an editor at this agency, but I had to leave because there's you know there's just too many Taylor Swifts in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, prior to that, you know, I was a creative. I was I was pretty pretty good at it. I'm still I still am that consider myself that, but I consider that self like that part like a different phase. And uh, I remember watching and just thinking like, "Oh man, like I don't bring it." You know, like I don't bring it like he does. I don't I don't I don't always put like that much effort into things. Sometimes you can't you can't do that with everything, but I saw that and I was like, "Man, like I got to step my game up." Um I want to say that was around the time I probably started uh the 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 youtube channel i think it was oh no no actually it was later after that but still it was a great moment really inspiring uh and i think that's another another thing is he really resonates with creative people uh especially you know and so if you're an artist of any type and you're you have your eyes on him like it's really like you can even totally hate him and it's still it's still inspirational I think that's something that's really fascinating because most professionals, I think, make it look easy in a way that it's just like, well, that's just what you do. Like, you know, you just make it, you just create this thing, you just do this thing. Yeah. Kanye puts in such effort into everything that he's doing. And it's, it's obvious effort. It's not the effort of like somebody that's laboring in a sense like, oh, he ran too hard and he's out of breath, that kind of effort. But the effort of somebody that's just like, that's that next level beyond what I see everybody else doing. And that yeah. that resonates with the fact that like I can get there. It's not just this easy-go-lucky, like, lackadaisical, like, yeah, I'll work for a little bit today. It's like, yeah, no, exactly. it goes to the grindstone. Well, you know, and the funny part is I, that's why I really appreciated the rollout for the life of Pablo, because when uh, when, you know, the whole like infamous. Uh, what was it like studio sheet where all the people were signing their names on it? Yeah, uh, I actually have a friend who was there. Um, what the she, fuck? She, she was there in the um, I, once again, will not say her name because she's actually a pretty prominent uh, person. Um, but yeah, she was there. She told me about it. Um, and said that Ye is very much, you know, his genius when he's not on the boards, which, you know, he hasn't been like, then now they're saying he is now they're saying he's like, he's out there like chopping samples and stuff. Um, and actually I have, uh, another friend who told me that, you know, from what he knows, he's kind of always been in the booth, but when these albums come out, we know, we know that he has a lot of producers on him, but she was talking about how his genius 
in the making of the life of Pablo was the fact that he could listen to all of these ideas in the room from all these people coming in and out and still be able to have a singular vision, you know, and, and still have a way to incorporate all of these thoughts into a piece of work that feels like, you know, I wouldn't say the actual sonics of it feel focused, but you know that he put a focused effort into making it. Um, and so did everyone else who contributed. So it, it's really cool to hear, um, to hear that. And yeah, it was just people who, who else was, uh, yeah, it was her and a couple other friends and, uh, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, she actually helped, uh, produce, um, the whole show, the easy season three. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, she she her company is called uh required reading so whoever wants to look that up um but they're the ones who uh they're they're film uh they work in film production i know they're a production company but they also uh vanessa beecroft i guess really really needed them that day <laughs> <laughs> so there uh, they were so there there they were they said yeah so uh but i won't talk anymore about that because i don't know how much is uh you know NDA stuff that maybe I shouldn't have heard. I don't think I don't think there was uh, any secrets, but I will uh, keep that to myself. Yeah, which I on the one hand I respect. On the other hand, I have so many questions, <laughs> so many questions. Well, but, and 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 to be fair, uh, I don't have that many answers. The conversation right. didn't go on too long, so I'm not holding out a whole lot. Yeah, it's just uh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and. Uh, yeah, and, and so that that was yeah that was cool to hear. But you know when he, when that paper was coming out and everybody was signing and um and and you you know you heard about this being recorded and that be, dude I heard somehow I don't know if you saw it but someone released a vine rest in peace vine but someone released a <laughs> vine and it was Kid Cudi on a table dancing to beautiful to the beautiful morning part of Father Stretch My Hands. And it was like, it was like the length of Vine. It was like seven seconds. <laughs> and I heard that. I want to say I heard it like two or three days before the album came out. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I knew that was the song. Like, immediately I heard it. I was like, that's, that is the vibe. Like, that is so good. And, you know, lo and behold, it was Father Stretch My Hands, which is easily like the most well-known track on the album. Yeah, that track. That was uh, the first episode of ours that really started getting a lot of popularity when we did our uh, breakdown of the lyrics of that. And that's just the last video that you released, right? Yeah, I, really, I released that yesterday. Um, that, was, uh, that was fun to make. Well, actually, no. It was my worst, most horrible time making a video, actually. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, it was just it was a long process. It was it was uh, computer errors. It was uh, you know issues when exporting, issues when uploading. Like every single step had issues, and so it was not fun to make. But they they seem to be loving it though. I'm, I I have uh, I think it's already got sixteen thousand views, and I can't really remember when's the last time I did something that got sixteen thousand views in less than twenty four hours. So. Um, hopefully it keeps climbing, but I think people really relate to it. I also, for those of my listeners who might be listening, I also kind of change my style. I talk a lot more off, off the cuff as opposed to everything seems so clearly written. Mm. Uh, so I think in that way it might also be resonating with people more because 
um, I'm still bringing that research and bringing that knowledge, but talking about it in a conversational tone. Yeah, which is more more Kanye, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely more Kanye, and you know, it it's the way I talk to people in real life, and it it's just easier, you know, to sit down <laughs> to sit down and write. I mean, I still write, but like to sit down and write like you know two pages of narration, and you know, try to cut it to get it in ten minutes, and then try to you know do your best like Liam Neeson impression. Like it's just not going to work. <laughs> you know, it you may know? it may shock listeners listening to this now to find out that this has all been scripted. It, yes, every every word, <laughs> every word has been scripted. We're geniuses. Yeah, that's just uh, that's our acting chops. If you need anybody for any uh, <laughs> yes. voice acting, yeah. I actually really hate Kanye West. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> Get well, out! You know, Get you out! Know, Hold on, but 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 not uh, 1989 though that record that record's fire. I don't care what anybody says. That album is fire. You know, I never had a problem with any of Taylor's music up until the last two songs with well, this yeah, no, new album. That's the thing. Musically, I, I was I was 100 percent fine with her. I was even I didn't listen to her during her country country uh, country pop phase, but even then I was like, hey, you know, she's got it going with her with her demographic. But when man. When these two songs came out, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed because she's a better artist than that. It really seems she's gone more like manufactured than, or like she's going uh, for the, like, I don't know, the. The problem is these two songs sound like business decisions. Yeah, that's what I was, that's the word I was trying to find. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound like good music. It sounds like business decisions. It sounds like trying to align her image in a certain way, which is fine. Artists do that all the time, but you can't you can't be sacrificing the quality of your music and then trying to make moves like that. Like people aren't going to take you seriously. Like don't don't Iggy Azalea yourself. <laughs> I guess many of her fans think that this is the best Taylor's been, but I mean, uh... you know what? And 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 that's the great thing about fans because if for some reason she like plummets, which I don't think she will, I think she's got people around her who are too smart. But if for some reason she just turns into Katy Perry for some weird reason, like, uh, and all all respect to Katy Perry, but you know she's just not relevant like she used to be. So I think when that happens, she'll still have her fans though. Sure. You know, and she will still have her fans. So I think artists can always be thankful <laughs> thankful for that. <laughs> Um, but Hey, I mean, it, I hope there's at the very least, like, give me three good songs on that album. I will not, I will not be listening to it on the day it comes out. That's just wrong. Yeah. Uh, be playing Hey oh, Mama. Uh, yeah, I will be playing Hey Mama. Uh, I will be playing only one. I will be playing all those songs. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm done talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Maybe it's a good time to uh, revisit the Shakespeare quote and get it correct. Uh, oh, if, yeah. There we go. If Taylor's new album really is uh, about new Taylor versus old Taylor, uh, it is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. That's the Shakespeare quote, which uh, is... So that would go back to the, the haters' comments and stuff. Yeah, uh, that's Macbeth. Oh, okay. 
So that's where you know. That so comes from. you know, it's so funny. I, I I feel like I know so much about these Shakespeare stories that I've never read. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, Macbeth. Yeah, that's about this. Hamlet's about that. And it's like, have you ever read them? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. But I, I saw the Lion King, so I, I, exactly. I saw Lion King, so it counts. Yeah, I know Hamlet. I get exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's how I feel about it. <laughs> um, the but but I also and I have to say it because I know maybe my listeners might wonder. I hate the pretentious, fake, uh, intellectual stuff that people do. Like I think there was like some event where it was like. Uh, some t- debate about who is more relevant, Shakespeare or Kanye West. And like those, uh, did, did you ever, did you listen to that? No. It, it was weird and it was, it got like a little bit of attention on the internet, not a lot, but I was like, this is such a waste of time. Like Shakespeare invented words that we use <laughs> on a constant basis. Like, and, and we're out here trying to explain how the life of Pablo is going to be like that level of relevancy. Like, no, it's not like the guy who makes awesome music doesn't get to beat the people, the guy who invented the words we use, you know, uh, and maybe one day it'll, who knows, maybe he will become like a Shakespeare. Maybe we'll all of a sudden just start using all these Kanye isms in our, in our speech, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that's something like we would need another hundred years of looking back to see are people making like basing entire like movies and shows and things that they do off of the works of Shakespeare is like the work that Shakespeare did no longer influencing culture the in the way of like we're not using the words that he created. We're not using like the narrative decisions yeah, exactly. that he made like he would have to, you know how they say, like, you die twice, you die, you know, when you're the day you, you your heart stops and then you also die the last time someone says your name. Uh, and uh, I don't I don't think that's happening for Shakespeare anytime soon. I also don't think it's happening for Kanye anytime soon, but still. No, like, I think I think more of the question is, like, is Kanye as relevant as Shakespeare would probably be a more interesting question. I, you know, and that's funny. I don't even, th- you know, I don't even think so. It's like, man, this is a world of like 8 billion people. And are, are we like that delusional? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that this, that this guy living out in Calabasas, California is like the thought leader of, of 6 billion people, or 8 billion people. No, uh, but 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 by all means, bring the conversation back to why we love them, the music, the culture. You know, let, let's talk about that stuff. Let's not try to to have these conversations about, you know, is he the next deity? Like, it's just it's not it's not worthy of the time. No, that seems like almost uh, putting the horse before the the cart before the horse in that manner. And just if that's what you want to have happen, you accomplish that by just talking about, as you're saying, the music, the fashion, like the things that he's doing rather than trying to compare him, which is only going to cause counter arguments to tear him down. Exactly. You know, so it's, it's, and that goes with, I think with any artist, you know, so many people, Kendrick, they do that with Kendrick all the time. You know, they want to call him the greatest of all time. Every time an album comes out, they want to call it a classic. Like, man, let, let the man live. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like let the man just, you know, listen to the music and keep liking the music. That's why he makes it. Yeah. It's um, great music. Talk about why it's great, how it's great. Not just. Mm. Yeah. People don't, people don't, 
you know, people are competitive, but we don't just make things just with the idea of like, huh, I wonder like what they're going to talk about this in 10 years. Like you, you won't be able to make anything if you think like that. <laughs> no, that's a, uh, that causes some paralysis. Oh yeah. Very much a lot of paralysis. Well, you know, it's kind of like what Kanye said in the, uh, you know, in, in relating that back to Kanye, when he was talking about how, uh, the famous line, uh, uh, about Taylor like broke the the writer's block for him and I can see what he's saying like I don't know to the extent of what his writer's block was but I totally understand the concept of like when you finally say what's been on your mind or when you finally say what you feel like you couldn't say all of a sudden like this it's all of a sudden like the real you finally comes back you know and like whether or not you should have said that is kind of irrelevant to the conversation because what happens is sometimes it just uncorks you know, like the wealth of creativity that you have in you. Uh, and I think he, I, I totally understand what he's talking about with that because when you think so much about like, oh, what are they going to say when I say this? What's going to happen when I do this? Like you can just completely stunt all of your growth, you know, and your talent. Um, so, we, you know, you do kind of have to have that moment. You have to have that moment where you're just like, I don't care what anyone's got to say. I'm going to say it. And we're going to see what happens. And, you know, and that's what he did. And I think that's what artists all over should do. You know, you, you can apologize later. We're people. We have an ability uh, to apologize. It, it's like this really strange skill where you put your pride aside and you apologize for the wrong thing that you did. And you can actually move on and keep, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like we forget. Nobody wants to be wrong. So we want to get it perfect every time. Absolutely. And this is something where it's like what you're saying in art differs in that way from like actions that you may be taking like that can be more mm -hmm. serious in terms of the things that you do that can affect other people physically or affect the world physically but when it comes to the art that you're creating and needing to be honest with yourself and the things that you're saying like if you're stunting one one core, not core truth, but one truth that can really have a debilitating effect on just your ability to say anything else, which is crazy well, to yeah. think that it's that well, connected. But yeah. And even like you said, even like regarding like people's actions, like, yes, it, it does change, you know, by, by no means, uh, you know, I know some people might listen and they might take, um, take what I'm saying out of context and might think like, Oh, okay, then just do whatever the hell I feel. But I'm not really focusing on the negative part because people who do stupid things are going to keep doing stupid things. But for, you know, there's, there is so much pressure for people to not be themselves. Uh, you know, there are so many people who are kinder than they display themselves to be because they're too afraid to be seen as weak by being so kind. Mm -hmm. You know, there are plenty of people who are more generous, uh, no, who can be more generous than they are right now because they're afraid of what people would say, you know, by maybe giving so much of their time or their money to maybe something that they don't believe in, you know, or uh, people just don't want to, you know, they don't they don't want to be the dude, you know, being optimistic because the optimistic dude gets made fun of in a group full of skeptics, you know, or whatever. And it's like you can be you. And people will fall away and you will find more people like you. And that's a great thing. But you got to start saying what convicts you and you got to start saying what you believe in. You know, that's kind of like the whole purpose of the video that I came out with. It was talking, you know, is talking about the meaning behind Father Stretch My Hands. And it's incredibly 
religious video in context, but you know, in the very same way, like I know there's probably a lot of my followers or subscribers that probably don't even really think about, um, you know, like faith things necessarily, or they might be too uncomfortable because they're like, no, see, like I don't really believe in that stuff, but I want to talk about that stuff, you know, and I don't want to be seen as like blah 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 or this and that. So it's like, hey, look, Kanye talks about this stuff. Kanye talks about how. You know, it's sometimes it takes boldness uh, to talk about things that you believe in like that, but you got to do it. You know, you only got so many years in this life and you got to do that today. You know, if you want to be kind, you know, if there's someone you want to tell someone how you love them, you want to tell, you know, you want to go out there and help somebody like go out there and do it. Yeah, that's a I think that's a really great point, because a lot of us fear polarization. We just want everybody to like us or everybody to at least not hate us. <laughs> but when, right, you say, right. when you say what you're feeling, which may not be always the politically correct thing to say, given the group that you're in, as you're saying, like it may not be politically correct in a group full of skeptics to be optimistic. But if that's who you are and you say how you feel, yeah, those people may not want to talk with you anymore, but you will find other people more aligned yeah. with you in that way and that's why i think a lot of people can be very empowered by what kanye like his personality and his artistry yeah i mean you you gotta see through the noise you know you gotta see through the gossip you gotta see through all this stuff and, and get to the heart of what he's saying now the problem is and another part of what i do it's hard uh for young kids it's really hard to see what he's saying Especially if you haven't grown to understand most of the truths he's talking about, you know, so, you know, if you're 12 years old, like you don't understand what he's talking about when he's on the Zane Lowe, uh, <laughs> on the Zane Lowe interview, like even now as an like me as an older person and also as a black person, but also just like listen to that, you know, if I were to listen to that at 15, I, I just I wouldn't get it. You know, I'd just be like, he's angry, he's ranting. But now that I'm an older, young, black professional, I totally get what he's talking about. I've lived it. You know, uh, so a lot of times I create these videos for the kid who isn't there yet. You know, or the kid who's... I don't like the idea of kids mindless, mindlessly listening to things that they don't understand. <laughs> you know, that that concept bothers me because... All you have to do is listen. You're already listening. Uh, and it's not hard to learn more. Uh, and there's no hurt in learning more about what you, you know, if you're consuming something on a consistent basis, you should know why you're doing that. Yeah. Like, what is it about this thing that, like, I like and enjoy? And because exactly. there's, there's a lot have of a truth about yourself there. Exactly. Does it have a positive influence on you? Does it have a negative influence? If so, why or why not? You need to know these things. You need to know yourself. Uh, and I think we try to, I think uh, we can do that through connecting to people like this, you know, because really what we're doing is, is we are finding um, sometimes we forget how important inspiration is, you know, especially to creatives, especially to anyone who's trying to make something happen, you know, and right now we are sitting and talking because we're inspired by someone who's creative and is doing things beyond what we want to do right now. That's the entire reason why we're talking right now. <laughs> it is because Kanye decided to make the college dropout. <laughs> we're talking right now. Exactly. Because Kanye decided to, to, to say, you know what? Forget all of you. I'm being me. 
yeah, I'm not, you want me to be a producer. I'm not going to do that. Like I want to, I want to be a rapper. I want to be an artist. Like, yeah. He's like, I want I want to make clothes. You know, it's the funny part. We're laughing. Well, I'm not, but like, and a lot of fans are not, but a lot of people laughing about the clothes thing. Just wait, just wait when he actually tries to run for president. No, I really hope that does not happen. <laughs> it would but be, this is the thing. This is the thing. I would not put it past him though. Right at that point. Like, sure. Like, I, it would be amazingly polarizing, but and it would it wouldn't last long. Not even because I'm not even talking about whether Kanye can or can't do that. I don't know anything about Kanye's political sensibilities. However, uh, do you really think that after Donald Trump, people are really, really gonna want to vote for another loud celebrity dude? No, I, for the love of God, hope we return to some sense of like order. <laughs> you know, uh, if, if if at the very least, can we just return to some quiet? <laughs> you know, yeah, just a, just a little bit of quiet. So, and that that's the thing. You know, it's wh- whether whether you support the dude or not, it's just like, man, the noise gets exhausting. Yeah, and that's exactly like whatever Kanye, whatever job he would be able to do, the scrutiny and attention and like dramatization of his every action would be insane and exhausting. Yeah. And, and, you know, and not to, I don't really, and not to turn this at all into a political conversation, cause I don't like that. The, the, the concept though, of, I really believe that someone who's like a president or et cetera, those people, honestly, they're just kind of professional order keepers. You know, they just try to keep the country from, <laughs> Chaos. blowing itself from blowing itself up and they don't always have the best ideas on how to do that uh i just i don't really think it's like the avenue for someone out there who just really wants to just make some noise actually i think uh frankly probably going into something like that is actually more emasculating herself but that but i digress yeah i uh i honestly think it would take away from the music and the fashion and other pursuits that i think kanye probably mm-hmm. wants more Mm-hmm. Which yeah, probably. I would, I would hope the time and effort goes goes there. Yeah, I would hope so. I think we all hope that. <laughs> well, favorite Kanye album? Oh man, uh, Life of Pablo. Life yeah. of Pablo. Uh, yeah, when that came out, it was really hard to like look back. Um, and that song, that album, never gets old for me. And I played it way more than is healthy. <laughs> um, like wake up in the morning and just like click play oh yeah light beam comes on all day man i not all day the song but all day the song is great but also all day just listening to the life of pablo actually i have a funny story about all day all day i remember when that came out and there was the bootleg <laughs> there was the really terrible bootleg of all day like it was, it like was a minute 45 or something yep and it was really clear that this was being like played off a laptop Maybe it was played off of speakers, but it sounded like it was played off a laptop. <laughs> and I remember some kid, I don't know who it was, and I keep thinking everyone's a kid, but I, I say it in, in, in a loving way because I really think like the kids are amazing on the internet. They're so talented. Uh, but this this guy makes a beat that matches pretty close to what you can kind of make out in the recording. Man, it was flames. And I was like listening to it like constantly on rotation. And I'm like, this is 
this is so great. I cannot wait for this to come out. No lie. I promise you. I'm in the middle of listening to this, and it had already been like a year since it first dropped, so I'm just listening to this bootleg constantly. <laughs> one, one day I have it on rotation. Like, it's all I'm listening to. I'm like in the zone at work. I go on Reddit for a split second, and I go on hip-hop heads, and there's a rising post that says, all day in 20 minutes. Oh, shit. And then I click the comments, and it's the Brit Awards, and I was like, no way. Like, this is what I've been listening to all day, no pun intended. The this you know, and that was it. That was the live performance at the Brit Awards, and I my mind was blown. And it wasn't on YouTube yet, so me and my friend like, it was like a live stream. Me and my friend like saved that portion, <laughs> and we would just like refresh. We would just keep going back, 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 and then one day we wouldn't refresh because actually that would ruin it. One day right. you just had one to of us leave the live stream open. <laughs> yeah, and then one day I think we might have had it open for a couple of days, and somebody refreshed, and we were so sad. No. <laughs> Uh, but and then I want to say it was like a few days or a week later that you know the the studio version came out. But but Life of Pablo, yeah, man, that's because it's it's Kanye at its most Kanye. Like that's that's the embodiment of who he is. It's everything. It's you get and the problem is some people don't want everything and that's why they don't like it. But it's soulful. It's you got the you know you got Jesus influences in there. You got. Um, a lot of the progressive, like Mike Dean synthesizer stuff, uh, well, and then yet you still, you know, you get a Mad Lib beat on there, you know, which <laughs> like that, and that like really like connects to really early Kanye. Like you're talking Kanye before he was producing Kanye, you know, because th- that was probably around the beats he was more surrounded with at the time, you know, more more raw, a little grimy, or more off the cuff, and that's what that. So. You're literally getting to hear Kanye at his most unpolished, and then you hear some, something as polished as Ultralight Beam, which then you find out was only made in like a couple days. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, so it, it's amazing. Father Stretch My Hands is the greatest moment on that album, easily. Yeah, Father Stretch My Hands. I had a, a Reddit message. Somebody was like, "How dare you say that?" Uh, I don't think they said "How dare you say it," but they're like, "I can't believe you said that." Father Stretch My Hands makes Welcome to Heartbreak look silly. Like, Welcome to Heartbreak so emotional. And I was like, let me... It was like 6,000 words later of me comparing, <laughs> like, kind of the melodrama of Welcome to Heartbreak to the actual, like, like sadness and stakes and, like, shit that's going on in Father Stretch My Hands Part 2. And it's just like, yeah, there's a, there's a ton going on with fear, faith, like... Part two might be, that might be Kanye's greatest verse. Oh, it's amazing. That might be his greatest verse. Uh, People don't, Kanye is one of the greatest lyricists of all time in all genres. Yes. People don't realize, see, the thing is, people are so used to listening to, you know, hip hop where everything's like lyrical, miracle, multi-syllables, like going nuts. And like, that's great. And it's cool. In all respect to people like Kendrick, who do it really well. See, the thing is, you people listen to like a lot of Kendrick and then think that all the hip hop that sounds like that is like that, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Kendrick is like in another stratosphere, and so you know, it, it just kind of actually, I I kind of 
I kind of blinked out there. What was my what was my original point? Um, Kanye being one of the greatest lyricists. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It, you know, he 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 makes the sim- he makes stuff sound so simple, but it's very very uh, difficult to do what he does in the amount of time that he does it. You know, for you to be able to in one verse essentially summarize your whole life, fears, and aspirations, like he does in part two. To like do that in such a tiny amount of time. I'm not gonna lie. I remember when he posted like I don't know where it was, Twitter, I think it was, and he like showed the words. He just showed the words of that verse and he's like, I, I cried writing this. <laughs> and I looked at I was like, come on, bro. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you cried writing this? Like, well, no. And then you listen to it. And you know, of course, when you write something, right, you know how you're going to deliver it and you know what it means to. So I'm sure that's what made him cry. And when it came out, it was like, oh, okay. When you deliver it like this, I totally understand, you know, like the gravitas that it has. Uh, and that's the thing. He's just a genius at that. How many, how many lines that he, does he say that you laugh at? Now, how many artists can you name this year that said something that made you laugh? Yeah, like zero. Almost zero. Like maybe if you're like really digging deep. But and then even then it's like, OK, like one song out of that guy's album made you laugh. And he can make us laugh in like really serious song. He's talking about in uh, F my life. Right. Like he's talking about his like life essentially unraveling. And then out of nowhere, he says, I'm from a tribe called Chekahoe. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you and you can't help but crack, you know, crack up where people talk about like the, the, the sandwich line, you know, uh, somebody took a sandwich like, yeah, you may diss that line all your life. Let me tell you, there's a lot of lines I diss on the life of Pablo, not anymore, but like early on. Uh, and you remember it, you still remember it. It's been, you know, it's been it's been a while. And it's still kind of right there. As soon as you hear the beginning of Wolves, you already know he's about to talk about sandwiches and refrigerators. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, I've always loved the... I'm really excited for our episode on Wolves because I love the sandwich line because I do think it's just like... that. When are you doing that? Oh, God. It's going to be... We just recorded FML. So we probably have another two months like maybe november or december we'll get to wolves uh could i join that yeah absolutely i'd love to join that come on board uh but yeah man he's he's a great writer you know i studied um i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty good at writing i think even like the stuff you see on noisy images doesn't really touch the way I came up learning about writing. I, I did a lot of, uh, you know, I went to film school, so I learned a lot about storytelling and, you know, what makes good writing and, and have definitely, uh, busted my butt, you know, uh, and have been taught by really good writers. Um, and that's kind of more something that, you know, people who know me personally, um, know that I'm really good at cause I don't have a lot of writing out there, but I learned to appreciate the craft. And, and every time I listen to Kanye, I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I could write like that. You don't even, because you don't even have to be writing music to appreciate that. Because for me, as you know, and why I'm on here is I'm a big talker. So I'm really used (laughs) to, to expanding, you know, my thoughts, as you can see, like I'll go down a billion rabbit trails because I'm trying to like expand what I'm thinking. I'm trying to like 
you know, real hard to like reach out there. But he's like as crazy and as much of a spaz he is, he's like reaching all these giant concepts and giving it to you in like two lines. It's it's absurd. I mean, I have my degree in English and like write novels and he's doing things that I don't see other poets doing other like novelists doing where I'm just like, yeah, you show me this thing that Kanye did. And that's better than this thing. Don DeLillo did. It, exactly. Who's that? Uh, famous author wrote white noise and underworld, which are his two big books. Um, is the underworld then, actually about the underworld. Cause that would be dope. It would be awesome. It's more New York city, um, flashing from like the fifties to the eighties and, covering some stuff in there some baseball stuff um oh that sounds actually that sounds kind of cool actually it's a really fascinating i'm I'm, I'm a dodgers fan i'm a big dodgers fan oh yeah so the first chapter of that book is the shot heard around the world um in like 50 page detail uh with that ball game it was originally like a short story called pafco at the wall um and it's talked about as being one of the best renditions of like baseball in literature. And that's really just the intro to the book. It's like a 700, 800 page book. Um, well, I'm, I might've found a book to get cause yeah, that stuff is interesting to me, but it's, um, it's fascinating, but yeah, Kanye's doing things on like a literary level that I don't see a lot of our other musicians doing. And it's just like, yeah, this guy, He's doing some shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. This is the thing. People are like, people don't even make fun of me for it anymore because they know how deep I am in being a Yeezy fan that no one can talk me out of it. <laughs> but but the thing is, is like, I say, give me someone better than Ye and then I'll have someone else to focus on. Uh, f- now, someone like Frank Ocean and Tyler, the creator, they're getting close. Nice. I think they're getting they're getting very close. Uh, I think if you give them like a few more years and a few more good projects, like I think they're going to be like they're going to be the ones that people are like, man, like I need to make some better music. Well, I think that's one of the interesting things about Kanye's impact, right? Like music mm-hmm. didn't really do a lot of things that Kanye did, which is why I still think there's a lot of people that are like Kanye's not as deep as you think. It's just music. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. I mean, it's weird given what we know about the music industry, but it's not weird given like what you know about film. Nobody would be like, you know, Kubrick's not making a deeper point about the world. People know that music or movies do that. They know literature does that. And so it's interesting that Kanye is now having this influence on younger artists who grew up listening to his albums, hear these albums and are like, that's a challenge. I want to get on that level. Yeah. And there's just, there's just not that many artists. We get, my dad used to tell me, it's like, you know, you only get like one every 30 years. Like he really believes it's like a gift from God. Like God gives us an artist (laughs) (laughs) like, like every 30 years. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, as I look back in history, I started to believe it because I was just like, man, it's just funny how we can't have like two Kanye's at the same time. Uh, or we can't have two Michael Jackson's at the same time. Yeah, Michael Jackson and Prince, but everybody knows Michael Jackson was better. <laughs> but but then, but then you can have a different conversation because then you can sit down and be like, well, Prince was technically more talented because he played all these instruments and stuff like that. So, But 
Uh, but no one was still, it didn't matter. You weren't Michael level. You just weren't. And uh, same thing right now with Kanye. You just aren't Kanye level as an artist. You know, you might be Drake. You might be, uh, I would say Kendrick uh, fits in that artist category uh, where it's just like about the craft. Um, and right now he's there. You get, you, what do you get? You get Michael Jackson, you get Kanye, um, Jay-Z, um, the Beatles. I would, uh, I would also put peak Eminem in there. Like first three albums, Eminem is like a, 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 a worldwide phenomenon, worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, stands still one of the, like one of the greatest runs in music. Yeah. Um, uh, and so you only get so many of those, um, and maybe thankfully so, you know, because it, our, our minds, you know, we get overwhelmed so quickly. So it is nice to, to kind of sit and appreciate. It is. Well, what, uh, what was it about life of Pablo that stood out to you against the rest of Kanye's discography to where you're just like, yeah, this is my favorite. Mm. my my friend uh my friend joshua who's actually i have i've credited him on uh one of my videos because me and him talk about music a lot uh he really challenged me to focus on melody a lot uh and it was something i really wasn't doing in my hip-hop listening uh, I was focusing a lot on lyrics, which is fine, but not in today's landscape of hip hop. Um, and it was just those melodies. Ultra Light Beam comes on, and you know it sounds—it almost sounds like a traditional gospel song. And then, of course, you know he Kanye's it up. Uh, Father, the 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 melody in Father Stretch My Hands is a Kid Cudi. Like nobody can do that. Like Kid Cudi. Like who else could sing? the beautiful morning melody in a way that hits like Kid Cudi does, you know, like no one, no one can do that. And it takes a great ear like yays, you know, to, to input that in there and F uh, FML, like all these songs are, are melodies I hadn't heard in music that is considered hip hop. But at that point it's like, is it even hip hop anymore? It's just music. <laughs> right. It's, it can't be so easily defined. And and that's what I loved about that album. It just felt it finally felt like just music, you know. Like it felt like, it felt like Kanye had broken past certain barriers, uh, cultural and social barriers, to just make a project that is just purely about the music and people to enjoy it like they did. Yeah, like you can't hear the first verse of FML and be like, "Oh, that's that's classic hip hop." It's no. like. Such a slow, droning, existential, like, realization that's like, is that, that's not hip-hop. Yeah, I mean, my favorite Kanye songs probably don't even fit, like, hip-hop necessarily at all anyways. Mm. Well, uh, top five tracks. Top five tracks, uh, in no particular order, uh, Runaway, Lost in the World, Ultra Light Beam, Father Stretch My Hands 1 and 2, that's the same song. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah, right there with you. Uh, and Can't Tell Me Nothing. Can't Tell Me Nothing being the only, I think, traditional-sounding hip-hop song in there. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of love, especially with Graduation's anniversary just being uh, a few days ago. 
there were so many people that are just like, can't tell me nothing's my favorite Kanye song. Can't tell me nothing. Can't tell me nothing. Can't tell me nothing. Yeah. Oh, also for those listening. Yeah. The, there's definitely a video on graduation coming. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's great. I don't know. It's, it's, especially when you get older and you just, I love hip hop. I listen, I, I love all the trap stuff. I love all stuff, but you know, at a certain point, like you kind of get bored of it. And I just, I'm glad that there's Kanye cause I can still get, uh, doses of that energy without feeling like, you know, I need to start like making crack. <laughs> right. It's, it's about more than just the, which is weird to say that it's like cliche stuff, but it's like you hear some of those things so many times in songs. Yeah. Well, and it also, like I said, it's all about the sound because people who say it's all about the lyrics are lying. Um, in that case, go, just go write poems or just do spoken word or whatever. We all know it's never really been just about the lyrics. It's been about the sound. A lot of time we just, if you can do both, you're an, you're a genius. You're amazing. Um, but I listen to like someone like Young Thug, and that's musically interesting to me. But then you listen to—I'm not even going to say names because I don't want to like hurt anyone's feelings. But there's just a lot of artists out there that it's like, okay, like we've heard this Metro beat before. Oh, we've heard—you know—we've heard this. Like ten people are doing this specific flow, and it's cool that they do it. But you're the eleventh person. Like we don't want to hear anymore. You know, uh, and so I think that's kind of more what it is. Like, regardless if these kids could spit or not, or if they can talk about very specific, it's if you're not coming with those fresh sounds, this is the internet. We're switching. Yep. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't stay in a lane for long before that lane just gets stuck with traffic. Yeah. Shout out to future though. Somehow figuring out how to do that. Yep future i uh i still haven't listened to any any future like standalone or just or just in general uh standalone but yeah in general as well maybe yeah i feel like the dirty sprite 2 and then the recent projects i feel like those are solid you know and he just comes out with so much stuff in between that I think mainstream doesn't pick it up. So those, you know, it's, it's those, those big albums, you know, that really keep his mainstream appeal. But I don't know. I think he's, um, you know, it's not at all a new sound anymore in any way, shape or form. But when it was coming out, like in the, in the sense of when it was hitting mainstream appeal, like the way it was, like no one saw him getting as big as he did. Like, not like that. And it's there, it's there though. That, that melody is still there. Um, like I said, you gotta. Like my friend said, like you kind of just gotta track down the melody. <laughs> it's the key to all. It reveals. It does. It really does reveal. You know, sometimes, like I said, it's not just about the lyrics. But if that melody really opens the pocket for me to show how trash your lyrics are, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I may not listen. Yeah, it's like you know, you don't need all the things all of the time but you need at least some of the things some of the time. So it's Yeah, like, and, and that's why there's a lot of people like, you know, I'll be listening to artists like, you know, that don't, you know, uh, fitting in with like kind of the cliche, like supposedly meaningless. I don't think there's really any such thing as meaningless though. But like, uh, you know, you listen to these artists and then someone will be like, oh yeah, well what about like MC so-and-so that no one's ever listened to that only they and their friends know? 
and they're like, he can be just as big, blah, blah, blah. It's the same stuff. And then you sit down and listen to it. And it's like it's some dude like with some conscious, like good lyrics, but in a trap flow. But the production is trash. Right. You know, it's just what am yeah. I supposed to do with this? Exactly. It's just straight up trash. And it's like they're like, see, he's talented, blah, blah, blah. It's like it's not about talent. It's, does it doesn't sound good. Like uh, Dave Chappelle said, he's like, I ate the hot dog and I liked it. I don't care how you made it. <laughs> right. Did I did I enjoy eating the hot dog or not? Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like if you're you're not trying to judge somebody as like, are you going are you going to work with them to get better? You're just judging them as an artist that you want to listen to right now. Yes or no. Exactly. And and people I'm not going to lie, but people put way too much. Um, as much as I talk about it, bringing together and stuff, people put way too much stock in the words of these artists like these kids are not. Kids are not um, – if if Young Thug said stay in school, like the kids aren't just going to be staying in school because he said so. You know, if he said, you know, whatever, like that's just not how we work. You know, like that's the lie that, that, that maybe parents have been trying to like, you know, infuse into like the media and stuff. But like we don't do what we do because Kanye rapped about it. <laughs> You know, like that one was like, I, I can't even think of any time Kanye's ever talked about like something that I've never experienced. Like, I've never just suddenly thought like, ah, yes, Kanye did that. I must do that. Like, and so people are like, oh, you got to be out here and you got to be saying this. You got to be saying that like kids aren't. I'm sorry, but like you may not have your their attention like that, like as as, as much as you think you do. Right. Like, wasn't that the fear with a lot of. um uh, Tyler, the creator's music, people are just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. These lyrics, like kids are going to go do this. And it's like, are, are they? No, they're not. You know, the, the, I remember, uh, when, you know, Eminem, I remember there was a false story that went around that some kid, that kid, some kid murdered his child while singing kill you. Yeah. And I remember that went around. I was like, Oh wow. Like that's, that kind of sucks. Like, like for an artist and then i looked up and even that was that was fake news and i was like see so like we don't even actually have like any proof you know that that (laughs) that that leads to anything like that uh you know people just it's it's an art and, and people care about it from that perspective a lot of people don't even relate like a lot of people don't relate to what eminem says but they like the way he says it a lot of people don't relate to what kanye says just say it the right way people listen to anything yeah, and it's the kind of thing where they may filter out 80% of the lyrics and just like a couple lines and know those lines or know the chorus and they're just like, yeah, it's just music. It's something I like to vibe to. It's not like my gospel. Yeah, I think uh, Frank Ocean, I think, is the other artist who who does it well for me where I really honestly just like the moods and landscapes of his music, but then his lyrics are simple enough too that – I just, I, I, I just, it just takes me. Uh, that's just not, it's not common. I've, I've listened to Nike, I think like 20 times. Just, it's one of the tracks I like to just throw on. And I Fut- can't tell you future- two lines. Oh, go ahead. You oh. can't tell me two lines of Nikes? Yeah, no. Uh, I love Nikes. Uh, when he's talking about, um, 
just you know he he's kind of like Kanye in the sense that he just picks these little snapshot moments you know where he, like you know when he's saying uh throw up for ASAP rest in peace Pimp C rest in peace Trayvon that nigga look just like me like stuff like that is just like those are those are emotions and moments that he just catches so well I didn't have to I don't, I don't have to sit and think about it I already get it I'm on to the next line you know and uh because sometimes he just throws out an image and like, how do you connect with that? You know, rest in peace, Trayvon. What does that mean to you? Are you white? Are you black? Are you whatever? You know, like, uh, uh, then, you know, he opens up the verse, let you guys prophesy. Uh, we're going to see the future first. It's like, man, that's a Kanye line. I swear if there ever was one. <laughs> that's uh, a very much Kanye line. Yeah. Uh, future of free though is the best song on blonde. Like, that might be one of the best songs ever made. Like in modern, like past 20 years, that is the most, that is also one of the most Kanye influenced songs I've ever heard. Futura Free is sung in the exact same way that Kanye's freestyles are sung during Runaway. That's it's, interesting. It's the same cadence. It's the same kind of subject matter where it's all just kind of free flowing. He's kind of talking about everything going on in his life at the same time. Uh, he even has a breakdown, like 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 the song breaks down, and he kind of just starts. Frank just starts leaning into you know the the voice filters and stuff. It's just like Kanye. Like listen to a Kanye Runaway freestyle and then listen to Futura Free. It's the same. It's almost the same thing. That's what I'm going to do as soon as we hang up. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And the lyrics in there are great too. But yeah, musically, yeah, that stuff is the same thing to me. And it's great. That entire album was, I, you know, I never listened to Channel Orange and then Blonde dropped and I was just very, very, very impressed. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it the best out of all his projects. Uh, but, uh, and I'm also glad that somehow Kanye and Jay-Z still get him. If he doesn't give us other music, like somehow, like, you know, he, he's, you know, him being on the life of Pablo, him being featured on 444, like he's definitely loyal to those two. And I'm grateful for it because <laughs> his, his stuff on Kanye, on Kanye and Jay-Z uh, songs, it's always welcome. Always love that. Yeah. It's, it's never like a, a mighty thing where he's appearing on like 12 tracks or gets this like full thing the way he maybe did on like no church in the wild. But just what he does bring to the table is always just ads, 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 ads. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and I hope, I really hope he's on, uh, the next yay album. Uh, but, uh, honestly, uh, kid Cuddy and Kanye is going to be the greatest album of all time. If we get like a full Kanye Cuddy project, holy shit. We're getting, uh, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. And I'm probably going to be so wrong and eat my words for it, but I just got to put that. It's going to be a Kanye Kid Cuddy album. It has to be. It has to be. This is what we need. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to Japan next month and I'm just going to like run around Japan being like, Kanye and Cuddy were here. What were they doing? Tell me. Yeah, exactly. Try to find, try to find Murakami. See if yeah. he's, you know, see, I guarantee you they can't say shit. I bet you they like signed NDAs up. Yeah, who knows? But uh, I talked to some dude. There was a kid. He worked on. Um, he worked on four or five seconds. I won't say his name. Uh, and I remember I was going to get him to like 
kind of interview him, get some info for a, a Rihanna video I was doing. And, oh, man, I was so excited. He wanted to do it. And then he's like, uh, yeah, like he basically uh, looked back through the NDAs like, yeah, I can't tell you anything. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, man, I wish that was, that was going to be some wonderful things in there. But uh, you just need to be like, when's, how long is your NDA for? <laughs> like, let me set the calendar I, reminder. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, talk. But- yeah, but it's great. And that's the one thing I love about this, too. It's, you know, just being able to just, like, reach out and be like, yo, tell me your stories. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Like, and as you said, like, a lot of Kanye fans don't often have other people in their lives to really geek out over Kanye with. So I think it's nice to be able to talk with people about Kanye that enjoy Kanye and just have those conversations. Man, it's all we've done all our lives. You know, people... We we grew up. What did we like? We liked Star Wars, or we liked role playing games, or we liked, you know, uh, sports, or, or or whatever we liked, or video games. And we found the friends who liked that stuff too, and we grew up with them. And that's how life worked. Yep. Yeah. Why does that suddenly how, change when you're an adult? It doesn't. Yep. And and that life still works. People still going to the office talking about Game of Thrones with all their friends. They're like, it's, it's what we do. It's, uh, it is the common tongue. Entertainment and culture is the common tongue. Mm-hmm. It unites. It unites. It unites. It well, does. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, no. Thanks for having me. I'd love to jump on as many times as you want me, actually. <laughs> we'll bring you on uh, for the Wolves episode. Yeah, do that. We'll get to have some fun there. Maybe uh, another 808s or graduation track. We'll- We'll talk. I'll, I'll send you the list of what we still have left. Perfect. Um, any final words before we... Uh... Um, no, for whoever listened to me talk this long, you can go to uh, my channel, Noisy Images. Uh, you know, I used to have this really, really nice, sexy little YouTube URL. I say YouTube slash C slash Noisy Images, and then something changed, and now it's an ugly URL. Anyways, just go to, no- just go to Noisy Images on, on YouTube. Follow me uh, at noisy, uh, noisy underscore images on Twitter. That's annoying. Uh, <laughs> at Noisy Images on Instagram. And I have a Facebook, but nobody uses Facebook. So, um, But yeah, yeah, just follow me on there. More videos always coming soon. Honestly... This year, it's just going to be a lot of Kanye. So if you hate Kanye or whatever, like don't watch, don't watch my series because it's pretty much going to be all Kanye videos. So yeah, if you've listened this long and you hate Kanye, like one, props to you, but two, what the fuck? <laughs> you wait, you wait, you wasted two hours of your life. <laughs> and just to give uh, listeners of our show who uh, may not have been on Noisy Images a bit of a taste, you have Dropout Season Cover to Cover Part 1, which is the first Kanye video you did with a part two. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Kanye West, The Art of Staging. Kanye, uh, A Breakdown of Gorgeous. There's uh-huh. Kanye West, a Famous, Wanting to Be Free. Uh, Drake and Kanye, Glowing Up. Definitely watch uh, the most recent one, Kanye, The Meaning Behind Father Stretch My Hands. There we go. That's uh, easy to find. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's a great one. Yeah. The last three that you did have all been Kanye. Kanye West and Stanley Kubrick. Kanye West and Jay Dilla. Kanye West. The meeting. Oh, bro. Oh, bro. They haven't even. I'm pushing the yay button. I'm it's 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 about to get nuts. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.